From the PSIA AASI Mobile Studios in Pomporovo, Bulgaria, 2019 Interski, I'm George Thomas. Now, last night, PSIA AASI had a meeting featuring a number of speakers. This was for our delegation and our national team. And uh, we wanted to highlight the meeting for you with Ed Younglove, Eric Shackleton, and Mike Porter. Uh, things kicked off with Ed Younglove. The qualification to speak tonight was that we'd be short. So, no, I just wanted to welcome all of you here. I'm not, we haven't got fireworks or anything. I thought that welcoming this morning was great uh, from the Bulgarians. That was just awesome. But we did want to take the opportunity here to welcome you all to the 2019 uh, Interski. And also want to speak, I guess, to the team, obviously. Uh, what a great job that they did today. And looking forward to this. <laughs> Uh, but, it, but in addition to having one of the largest teams, and not the largest team, we also have one of the largest groups of delegates. And I want to thank you guys. Yeah. Now, I want, I want the delegates to know how much, I mean, I know that the team appreciates your being here and the support that you show them by being here. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce a few people tonight, but I just want to say something fairly quick about, uh, about Interski, if I can. I mean, as chairman of the board, I get the opportunity to go to team trainees and watch the team prepare during the four years between Interskis. And I just want to assure you that Interski is a great motivating factor for the team. It really focuses the team. I think it really galvanizes what the team works on between Interskis. And I think one of the things that we're seeing happen with Interskis, and it's due largely to our next speaker, is the increased focus on the education exchanges that take place at Interski. I mean, the demos are still great. I mean, today was great. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of going on. But the educational component of Interski is really the most important factor of it. I think we saw some of that today with Joe Hessian's presentation. Uh, you know, that type of thing is just invaluable. So one of the things I'm hoping that the delegates can do is share that with the rest of the membership that are not here. You know, share your experience here. Take advantage of it. Go to the lectures. They're great. You know, go to some of the clinics on the Hill. But take those back home with you and share for the membership the real value in Interski. If you, if you looked at the latest 32 degrees, there were a number of articles in there where we pointed out the, some of the things that have come out of Interskis. I mean, center line, fundamental movements, the learning connection. All those have a connection back to interskis and the team's development in anticipation of interskis, and also the team's ability to really test those ideas when they work with you know the leading instructors from the, around the rest of the world. So I want to introduce uh, someone that you're all familiar with, but one of the people that I indicated is really partly responsible, largely responsible for the movement at interski toward that that focus on education. Uh, Eric Shackleton at the last uh, Interski uh, in Ushuaia was elected to the Interski Presidium, which is the governing body for Interski. And Eric ran on a plot platform of really focusing on that educational uh, component and the exchange of education between countries. So Eric. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all. I have to say, when I was uh, when we were on an interski Skype call, we've been doing it monthly, 
and uh, they did a roll call of the, the number of delegates for each nation, and USA by far, I think probably in the history of Interski with 93, I want to say. The pride, I, I, they couldn't see it on the other side of a computer screen, but it was amazing, and I'm so proud to represent the USA. And uh, yesterday, Jeb asked me if I wanted to say some words. I missed an opportunity, and I'm going to try not to break up because it's, it's emotional to me for reasons that some of you know from Oshuaia. But last interski, when I was elected, I wasn't there. Um, and this team gathered around and just rallied behind and got me pushed through for an election. And uh, it's been a life changer for me. It's given me a purpose and, and a way to make an impact on a world stage, and I'm, I'm so appreciative. So thank you all. But Ed's right. We ran on a, on a platform of education and connection and, and being all about uh, the, this venue, uh, being less about the show and the race and, and that, and more about trying to elevate the, the world of teaching based on, on getting to know each other and, and challenging each other and, and learning from each other. And so that's, that's happening. And I, I give credit to that, to, to Nick in large part and the team, because prior to this, uh, to, to that change, there had been a lot of stuff internationally that we didn't like, and there still is. And we had kind of said, well, we're not going to really get that engaged because it, it, we don't really like what's going on. But since, since Ushuaia, we've decided that the way to make change is to actually be in the room, be at the table, get involved, get engaged. And so we've joined all of the international associations now, IVSI, IVSS, ISIA, Interski. We have a member on the Interski Presidium. We're running somebody for the IVSS board. Uh, Dave, I think, right? Yep. Amazing. Good for you. So the only way to create change is really get in the room and make those connections, talk to people, help them understand a different way of looking at things. And I think that we're doing an amazing job of doing that now. And I'm super excited for the next four years. And having a delegation this large has an impact on that as well. Having the USA play such a big role from, from Joe's keynote to some of the stuff that the snowboard team is doing out in the Wrigley Park, to having such a large team being able to engage in, in every workshop, it makes a difference. And people are starting to pay attention, and I think we're going we're gonna to have a lot to say in the next four years. So thank you for being here. Have fun. If you have any questions about the schedule or anything, you can always pull me aside. I literally have the schedule minute by minute updated on this phone. So uh, I, can, I can tell you where to go, what to, what to do, and I'd be happy to help. Just enjoy the moment because it's only four more days long. So have a good time. Thanks, everybody. So, you know, I, wanna, I do want to mention one other part of that education. I mean, I really enjoyed today the Bulgarian culture that we got to see, and I found that really educational. You know, the, the instruments that they played, I can't remember how they pronounced them, but it looked like bagpipes. And, learned a lot about the culture here and you know that's another part of this experience. So we have members in this delegation that have been coming to a, a number of inner skis. We have former team members here. One of the things I think that Nick did this year that I think is really going to be great, has been great, is to have a couple of the former team members, in fact a couple of the former team coaches 
uh, participate in helping us as delegates enjoy this experience and get the most out of it. So I'd, I'd like to ask Mike Porter and Rob Sogard if they'd come up. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. And I can't help but reiterate how wonderful it is to see this type of delegation. It's by, I mean, I've been involved from inner skis from 72 somewhere, before most of you were born. And that's not, and looking at this room, that's not a good statement. <laughs> On my part, for me, not for you, it's good. No, but uh, what Rob and I want to do is give you some idea of what's going to happen and some lens to view it through. Because a lot of times you come to inner ski and like today, did you see differences in skiing? A lot of differences. But what we want to try to do is give you some idea why and what you might look for. And the format that goes on every morning is at 9 o'clock, there's going to be technical comparisons. And they have a number of teams, you'll see it, will go out and ski. And then at 10.30, they have workshops. And those are repeated again at 1.30. And what I'm going to talk about a little bit is the, the skiing aspect of it and something behind that, because that also leads into the workshops that Rob's going to take over. And a lot of times, when some of the differences you see out there is different countries have different customers. You know, so when you watch it, you see some really aggressive skiing up there, almost semi-racing from some teams, and others were more real ski schoolish looking there, and you can't go, oh, those, guys, those people can't ski. These have more performance. It's real easy to look through it at that lens. But one of the things to realize, in Europe, the main Alpine countries are competing for customers. So what people don't understand, like France is the biggest ski nation in the country. They do 55 million skier visits, the same as the US in there. We're, and they, they're not all French people. They, the biggest draw they're trying to get is people from Germany, largest country in Europe. They love the mountains they come. The majority of Germans will go to France. Austria is trying to get those. Italy's trying to get them. So, France is the biggest nation, then Austria does about 40 million skier days, Switzerland 28 million skier days, Italy 18 million. So they're competing with all these nations. So like what you see Austria out there, Austria is facing a dilemma because they, really, they were skiing really World Cup-ish, really high dimension because they say we're the best skiing nations. The ski school directors came and told them that's a bad product, it's not selling. The customer doesn't want to do race lessons. Any of you free skied on the mountain today? How narrow are the runs? Are they fairly crowded? Do you want to be ripping turns back and forth across the mountain hallway? You need another turn. So they told them, basically they told them, we want style, we want elegance. What was fun to watch the Austrians today is they're not going to give up performance. They'll die before they do that one, right? But they put some really style and elegance, and they put enough edge to make a clean turn, but not too much to overdo it. So we have that part going. Then you have the English. The English is a huge market. They love to ski in France and Germany. The British teach them on dry slopes, but the British instructors want to be employed. They're going to have to work in a European country. So they're trying to create a product that the English people say, I want to go to France, but I want an English instructor. So they're doing that one, and they got to ski well enough that the French, Austrians, and Italians will hire them. They want to do it. Okay, the Germans are, are a split scenario in there, in that Germany, everybody thinks of the mountains, but Germany is 99% flat. That's why they make great beer, right? 
but it's just Bavaria is the only one that has some mountains there. And those areas are Garmisch, Parker. They're low. They get a lot of rain. You can ski there or not. Germany produces more cross-country skiers than alpine skiers. But their instructors, if they ski really well, can work in the other countries. If they pass the certification, they can come. And they don't want, they're going to ski with more performance because they don't want to be a Brit. <laughs> they want to ski better now. So you're going to see that blend. Their products are going to be a little higher end product. The Dutch. Ben Lux nations are the number two exporter of skier visits. So you see Belgian here and Netherlands here. If you watch them ski, they did very ski school, nice stuff, very good. Because they want the French to advertise, come to Chamonix or come to Averez because we have Dutch-speaking instructors that can take care of you. So spend the money in our country, but we can service you with those countries. So you're going to see Netherlands, Denmark, very nice skiing. I mean, they try to ski really good, but enough to get lessons. They don't want to scare the lessons away. They want to come. They want to ski well enough. They pass the certification so they can work in the European countries. So that's an interesting dichotomy mm -hmm. there. Then when you go to the Croatia, Slovenia, and all that one, they don't export that many skiers. And most of their teaching is done with clubs, training clubs, groups, that type of thing. So they're very athletic. They're young. They're athletic kids coming in. They're in school programs and all that. They're far more race-oriented. When you watch them, they're going to be leaning in more, driving the ski around, all that part. Because that's their product. And like these areas here, they don't have many average ski school visits. I mean, it's very small. But the in-school teaching, huge, coming in there. If you go to Australia, New Zealand, they're doing one thing they're trying to do is build a big enough reputation they get jobs overseas. Because their time frame, their ski season is very compressed. So if you go through all the effort to get your certification and all that, their, their winter can be eight weeks, nine weeks. So they want to ski well enough that they'll be hired in these countries here. But also, the, Europe, the Australian population loves to go overseas to take a winter holiday because Australian summers, New Zealand can be horrible, hot, and all that. So especially Australia, more New Zealand. But they're, really, they're doing a commercial to hire me, to say we're really good. America used to hire tons of them when we had the working visas in there because they're great instructors, real pros. They've made a commitment. So you watch them, and that's what they're trying to do. They're gonna, they make a good product for the Australian people and make sure when they go over to Europe, they don't say, oh, I want an Austrian instructor, I want a French instructor. I'll tell you, they went, I want to ski in Europe, but I want a good Australian instructor. So they're really driving. Canada and the U.S. are the same thing. We want performance, but we want ski school. And one of the big differences we have is we want to show versatility because in order for our product to go out there, we have different student outcomes, right? So if we all look alike, that's going to attract some of our customers, not all the customers. Whereas in most European countries, you talk about guest center teaching in uh, Slovakia, and they'll look at you and go, there's no guest, there's no centered. Tell me what to do, and we'll get going. I mean, even if you did it, they're not accustomed to it. You know, so there's always this blend. So sort of that's sort of the lens. Are they getting better that way? Yes. Are they growing that way? Yes. But that kind of gives you that overall picture coming in there. And also, the way I look at watching skiing out there, one, I do that performance deal. But the other thing, literally, is separating style from, from good fundamental skiing. And I look at the five fundamentals. Are they working through that outside ski? Working along the length of the ski? You are, some of them, how they edge. Angulation, inclination. I mean, some of the more racing ones favor a little bit more inclination over angulation. Others more angulation. But... The, 
looking at it through that lens, I think you can evaluate these things. And I look at it to give me more options. One, they have more products to teach my customers. It helps me understand the product. I don't say, oh, well, that one's better than this one. It's looking at who's the audience and say, what is it? And, and, and I challenge myself, are our fundamentals valid? Do we see that one? Or what's a different spin? I only looked at it through this one aspect and that kind of opened my eyes to see some other way. Some are shaping more of the top of the turn, some of the bottom of the turn. I mean, it all helps to get us better. But that may give you some idea what's out there, because to me, that's the fun of it. And then I can just be watching people training, coming down, looking, what are they doing? Is that, is that more race, more customer? What are they doing that part? I mean, that's the fun part. And then sometimes bag a ride up on the chair. What are you doing in there? And, but this also understands when you go to the workshops, which Rob's going to talk about, sometimes you can understand where their presentation comes from if you understand who their customer is. If you just listen, oh, I don't agree with that. Well, you may not have been the customer. You know, and the other ones, you may get that customer, so maybe you should listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it. I said, I'd never have that one, and I've had a couple. Here we go. I can use that old Slovakian technique, you know, command. And we'll wrap things up with Mike Porter's presentation. Wonderful meeting last night. Really appreciate all the speakers. We will have that for you in its entirety uh, in the next few weeks. Lots of interviews coming your way from Interski while we're here, as well as many, many more after Interski has ended. Lots of interviews coming your way on Alpine, Nordic, and Snowboard. It's been a great time out here. Looking forward to the rest of the week. From the PSIA AASI Mobile Studios, Interski 2019, I'm George Thomas.